I'm Alex Mito. And I'm James Milley. And this is The Artist Business Plan, your favorite weekly business podcast for artist entrepreneurs, hosted by Superfine Art Fair. What's going on, business artists? You are listening to The Artist Business Plan, which means that you are certifiably awesome. If you don't know me by now, my name is Alex Mito. I'm the CEO and co-founder of Superfine Art Fair. Superfine, we're the most widespread art fair for artists in the US, and we're one of the top resources for all things art, artist, and marketing of your art. I'm also one of our two hosts here on the Artist Business Plan, along with James Milley. We now reach over 7,000 monthly listeners in 100 countries around the globe. Today, we've got Lawrence M. White here with us on the mic. Lawrence is going to share an awesome masterclass with you today on how to use what inspires you to create your own success. I don't know about you, but that sounds good to me. So I am excited to listen. But first, I've got an amazing offer here for you ABP listeners. Artists, have you ever felt anxious, alone, and not sure about the next move for your career? Good news, those days are over. For nearly six years, we've taken thousands of hours to develop the best art fair model for artists out there. Superfine art fairs have helped hundreds of artists just like you take control of their careers, build relationships with collectors, and create the art income and freedom that you deserve. For a limited time, we are offering you the chance to not only get a great discount on your booth, but also appear on this very podcast as a special guest reaching thousands of artists, art influencers, collectors, and arts professionals every day. To find out how you can take advantage of this incredible opportunity, just visit www.superfine.world offer to learn more. We can't wait to welcome you to the Superfine community and start helping you sell more art today. All right, so we are here back with Lawrence M. White, and we're ready to change the way that you think about your art career. Painting icons of a generation, Lawrence M. White is a self-taught contemporary artist best known for his vibrant portraits of the most influential people in pop culture today. Previous clients include Will I Am, Melody Thornton, Trent Alexander-Arnold from Liverpool Football Club, Chloe Ferry, Tommy Mallet, Umar Kamani, and Philip Plain. Welcome to the Artist Business Plan, Lawrence. Hey, uh, how are you? You okay? I'm great. I'm glad to have you here. Where are you coming to us from today, Lawrence? Let's tell the listeners. Yeah, so I'm based in Essex, which is just outside of London over in England. So uh, not New York, where you, where you are. I, I love it. And that's what I love about the podcast medium is we have people just coming in from all over the world all the time. And it's so much fun. So b- before we dive into our questions, Lawrence, I want to ask you something that'll help our listeners get to know the real you. What is the earliest memory that you have of art? It would be, <laughs> I remember quite clearly, actually, it was when I was being taught in my school when I was at high school. And I remember the teacher would come over and all the kids would be like messing around because like kind of everyone saw art as like this DOS class that you just kind of like, yeah, it's a free period where you get to just basically do nothing. But then the teacher would come over and she would just show me how to do the very basics of like painting and drawing. And when she would actually do the, like, you know, show an example to me, I just kind of went into this almost like trance-like state where I was just like, yeah, it was just kind of like taken by what she was doing and, and, and how it, how she was drawing and how she was painting sort of thing. And that would be my early, earliest memory. And that's when I began to find out that I could <laughs> paint and draw, I guess. I love that. And it really just shows how important keeping the arts and education really is because, you know, you end up having a successful career as an artist, but it all starts with just being in that classroom 
that a lot of people are just thinking like, this is just a, you know, silly free period to screw off. But like for the person who is really called to it, it's, it's so instrumental in forming who you are. And so I appreciate you sharing that, Lawrence. Almost when you're at school, it's not cool to be doing that. Do you know what I mean? Like to do something like art, which at the time, at least it was very kind of alternative. It wasn't like, you know, all the boys would be playing football or rugby. It was kind of, you got to play it off as if you're not really into it, but I kind of was. <laughs> yeah. And I got to say, and I'm, not, and I'm not terribly proud of this, but my first period in 11th grade, maybe 12th, I can't remember, was a jewelry making class. And I did really well in it. And the teacher loved what I was doing. And he, he's like, you know, you could have a career as a jewelry designer. And at the time, I mean, it was like the early 2000s. It was like a little different then. And I was just kind of like, oh, really? And I kind of was embarrassed about it, which is silly. And I'm, I'm not proud of that. But it, you know, I feel what you're saying. Like, it, you kind of have to really like fight that, you know, like, is this cool or not? Should I be playing football or not? But like, maybe yeah. you do both. <laughs> so, yeah. No restrictions in this world. So... So I want to jump into our questions here, Lawrence. So your work focuses on the entrepreneurial spirit, which is something that we really try to instill in all of our listeners here on Artist Business Plan. What is the biggest factor, in your opinion, in achieving success as an entrepreneur? And not only an entrepreneur, but an artist entrepreneur. Yeah, absolutely. I think that first and foremost, people that are artists generally don't see themselves as businesses. And so I've taken it upon from, from day one, coming from a business background, I kind of studied at university, I studied business. And I kind of immediately knew getting into the art thing that to make this work, I needed to learn how to make money. And so I kind of saw it from day one, like I want to be making some money from it. And then the kind of numbers increase. But the idea behind it is that you treat it like a business. So if you make a painting sale, you put some of that money towards marketing, i.e. Instagram ads. You then, you're working on getting your profile out there and building your personal brand. Um, that also comes into the marketing. You're actually uh, working out how much it costs and how long it takes you to create a piece so that you can actually price up work, or at least that's how I price up work. So yeah, there was just a few things. I don't know. It just seemed like a natural progression that art was a business as much as I love doing the paintings. I almost enjoy the business side as much, if not a little bit more. I love that. Art is a business, right? I mean, it, no matter how you approach your art career, you know, whether you go the gallery route, whether you sell your work directly to private clients, whether you advertise online, you're still treating it like a business. And it's so important. I mean, that's at least how we feel to do that. You know, dedicating a little bit of a budget to buying ads on Instagram and Facebook is actually a really good tactic. There's so much you can do to target an audience on there and figure out who's buying your work and then target people like them, draw them to your page, draw them to your website and get them on your mailing list and make them a part of, make them your supporter. I think it's such a cool thing people can do. And, and I don't feel like enough artists are taking advantage of that. So I love that you brought that up. There's a book called, uh, is it A Thousand True Fans or something like that? But the concept being is that you need a, a thousand people that are truly invested in what you're doing to kind of, be successful and earn over a hundred grand a year, basically, but less so about the money. But the idea being that you build a core audience of a thousand people and that's enough to sustain you at the very least. And so building up, like you said, the mail list, or I have a WhatsApp kind of a text message community where you kind of really get in deep with the people that like your work and, and kind of really relate to them it is kind of vitally important, I think. And that goes for any business. I, th I think, you know, if you look after your customer, they all look after you. 
Guys, if you look after your customer, they'll look after you. And that goes for your collectors, obviously, as well. I believe the, what you're referring to is 1,000 True Fans by Kevin Kelly. Does that sound right? Yeah, that's the one. I can never that's remember it. the one. That's the one. Guys, Google it. 1,000 True Fans by Kevin Kelly. And I think that's, you know, that's a nice segue because sometimes, you know, whether you're an artist or an entrepreneur, you get FOMO or like you look at someone else's Instagram page and they've got you know, 900,000 followers and you're like, oh my God, how could I ever be that? And you, you don't have to be. It's the thousand true fans that count. It's the thousand supporters. So really honing in your business to those people that really, really support you and figuring out who they are, what makes them tick, what similarities do they have? Are there like a couple of groups that support you that really love your work? And you know, can you isolate them and market to them and reach them and connect with them? So I think that's really key and such a good, good approach to take. And I want, I want to bring it around to one other thing you said about pricing your work and how you price it, valuing your time and what you're putting into it. It's definitely one way to price your work. There's a couple ways, but definitely having a structure to it is so important. Like thinking about why is this this price instead of just throwing out a number. Would you agree with that, Lawrence? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think, though, there a lot of artists, again, which I kind of disagree with, go on this premise of size. And so they'll do it like by square inch or, or however, whatever metric you use to price work. And I don't do it like that because that doesn't take into account the amount of time that you put into marketing. That doesn't take into the amount of time you've learned an extra technique or spent a lot of money on different materials and all that kind of thing to then get to the process that you've ended up with. So that's why I don't price my work like that. But what the reason that I do record how many hours a piece of work takes me is because I had in my mind that I'm going to be busy and I'm going to get a lot of commissions. And so I need to know how long roughly a one meter by one meter painting takes, how, lo how long a one and a half meter painting by one and a half meters takes, you know? And so it's just documenting that process so that when I price work or when I am busy and need to work out what I can get done in a certain amount of time, I know roughly within reason how long that is actually going to take. In a way, you're almost putting the cart before the horse, but in a good way where you're anticipating being busy. And I think that's really important. And we, we talk a lot about imposter syndrome of people like, you know, not thinking that they are going to have success, but kind of starting with the foundation of I'm going to, I'm going to be busy. Like I do good work. I'm going to be busy. And then thinking about that in terms of the number of hours going into your work, I think is a really unique and really interesting way to price rather than just thinking about the square inch model. So thank you for sharing that with us, Lawrence. I want to move on to our next question here. So you know, you work for big name clients like Will I Am and, and Philippe Plain and all these different people. How is it working for big name clients? Do they typically want self-portraits or like portraits of people who inspire them or like, you know, and what are some lessons that other artists can take from, you know, your experience in working with some of the bigger name clients that you have? Particular, funny enough, the people that are paying less for paintings are actually um, probably more picky than the people that are paying more, just as kind of, I guess, a bit of a rule of thumb. I don't, I'm not sure how that works out, but people want things that, that other people don't have certain things. So you, find, you tend to find that you'll get quite niche requests, or at least I have anyway, from those kind of influential people because it's almost like this competition once you get to a certain level of being the first to have or the only one to have, if that makes any sort of sense. No, it totally makes sense. And it's interesting that you bring that up. You know, people paying less for paintings are more picky than those paying more. I don't think there are too many generalities that, that go acro across every industry. But I would say that's one that is 
maybe counterintuitive at first glance, but it tends to be true that it's the people who are parting with a larger percentage of their disposable income are oftentimes going to be more picky. So you're getting like, you know, these people who can definitely afford it being like excited to have something, but they want something that other people don't have. And I think that's a cool little tidbit of knowledge for artists out there who might be approaching a demographic like that, or, you know, kind of trying to follow a similar path to what you followed. And that if you're marketing to this audience, your work, that you need to know that they want what other people don't have. And, and by the way, just yeah. just to add on to that, people sure. want what's And so the more that you can document and show that you're working with this person or that person, obviously there's certain clients, I say obviously, but there are certain clients that want to keep private and don't want you know work to be shared or, or their picture to be shared and that kind of thing. But for the most part, where possible, I try to... Yeah, like I said, document, put out on social media, basically, as many pictures of the process and the meeting and the journey of actually creating that piece for whatever influencer it may be of the time. Because that in turn brings in more business because people want what's cool. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it goes for any time that, you know, and I agree with you 100%. If you're doing some work that is for someone who's influential or well-known or that's like for a publication or an organization that's well-known, you're definitely going to want to go above and beyond to create Instagram content, whatever your main channels are, and share, 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 share. Because the more you share it, the more your audience and your extended new audience knows that you are working in this sphere, and then they're excited to have your work as well. So I think that's a cool bit of information for everyone out there as well. How do you use collaborations to push your career forward? And are there any tips you have for artists out there who might want to collaborate with peers or with organizations or anything like that? Yeah, absolutely. So I guess I'll answer the question in two parts. I think that collaborations has been one of one of the key things that enabled me to be able to grow. And so I had a previous uh, career in TV. And so that kind of got me started uh, working with this few kind of um, people that had followings, but wouldn't necessarily be well known across the world. And that kind of built and built and built to the point that then, yeah, like you mentioned earlier, I managed to work with people like Philip Klein and the owner of Pretty Little Thing, Umar Kamani and, and Will I Am and people like that. So unless you're very lucky, it's unlikely that just from day one, you're going to get that huge collaboration. It's kind of a process. And so you might start with an influencer who has 50,000 followers and then eventually get someone who has 150. And then before you know it, you're doing work for people that've got millions of followers. And, and that's how you can grow quickly if you're able to get them to share your work on their profile. I'll offer a little tip that I would say is that I often would offer some money off if they're willing to do the post on their social media as well, because that in turn, although you may be losing money up front, that will probably turn in or for the most part does turn into a sale down the line of someone else. So it kind of works itself out. In terms of collaborations with brands and stuff, I've recently just taken on, I guess like an assistant or a manager, someone who's now actually outreaching to more corporate brands to kind of bring on not so much sponsors, but kind of doing client work for, for bigger companies and stuff. And so my tip here, I guess, would be I am not an expert in that field. So I've hired someone who is, and hopefully that will start to kind of bear fruit over the next few months. Guys, there's a lot of value in what Lawrence is telling you here. For one, I'm going to work backwards. So if you're, work, if you're looking to do something that's outside of your experience, right? Like if you don't have a lot of experience in reaching out to brands and securing collaborations, 
consider hiring someone who does because that will help you get a leg up and not stress out about doing something that maybe isn't necessarily the best thing you do. You might be best at making art or another component of your marketing. So hiring out, actually a great tip. And then in terms of collaborations, like you mentioned with some of these influencers and people, it's difficult out of the gate. And I've seen artists do this who will come down to Miami Art Basel and start tagging like super influential players in many fields out of the gate. And like, you're not getting attention that way. But if you kind of think of it as a ladder where you're starting with maybe some people who have some field of influence, maybe like 10, 20, 30,000, 40,000 Instagram followers, we're talking Instagram, but it could be another way of having influence, you know, kind of using that as a way of gaining experience and also gaining access to their network and then growing from there. And then pretty soon before you know it, you might be working with people who are in the millions of, of influence. So I think that's a really good way of thinking about it instead of like shooting too high and missing, just kind of thinking about it like moving forward along a line. Guys, we're going to be right back. Lawrence is going to tell you more about what you want to know about using social media to connect with people who inspire you and much more. But first, a message from our sponsors. New York City, San Francisco, Los Angeles, and yes, Miami. These are just a few of the places where you and your art can meet your next collector when you take the next step and exhibit with us at Superfine Art Fairs. For nearly six years, we've taken thousands of hours to develop the best art fair model for artists out there. Superfine Fairs have helped hundreds of artists just like you take control of their careers, build relationships with collectors, and create the art income and freedom that you deserve. For a limited time, we're offering you the chance to not only get a great discount on your booth, but also appear on this very podcast as a special guest, reaching thousands of artists, art influencers, collectors, and arts professionals every day. To find out how you can take advantage of this incredible opportunity, just visit www.superfine.world offer to learn more. Don't miss the chance to be a part of the top business artist community in the world. All right, and we are back right now with Lawrence M. White. So Lawrence, we've kind of glanced over social media and Instagram and WhatsApp a little bit here. What are like three or four social media strategies that you use to get the most interaction with your work and to find clients? Yeah, sure. So we kind of spoke earlier about uh, two of them. In terms of building your personal brand, one, doing collaborations with influential people, that helps kind of build brand at an overall level. And so that gives awareness of what you're doing. That helps get your work out there because more people are seeing it because you are attracting an audience that isn't yours and kind of bringing them over to you once the influencer posts it for you. Secondly, every time I make a sale, I put around 20% of that sale back into Instagram ads. Um, I found that just kind of boosting a post, I I know you can do kind of through um, Facebook ads manager, you can get real specific with targeting. But again, I use Instagram ads just as a kind of broad funnel to kind of get people onto my page and then engage with what I'm doing. So I kind of spend money there. And then lastly, once they are following me, I want to really get uh, connect and be in touch uh, and build that community with people that actually care about what I do. And that's why I try and get as much primary data. So that's data that you own, a phone number or email address through um, a mailing list or my text group. And so that's where you can really begin to, I guess, convert people into sales, but also kind of really build out that relationship so that people come kind of advocates of your work as opposed to just, oh, that looks nice on Instagram or, oh, that's a pretty picture. Do you know what I mean? They're kind of invested in you and your journey. I love both of those. So guys, 
Instagram ads that drive people to your page is a really good strategy, especially if your page is active. So if your page is active and you're doing all kinds of cool stuff, I know artists who like are very active and they just, they, they have trouble like gaining the followers. So if you want to have that feeling, Instagram ads is a great way to get them over there and help build that community. And then I love that you're using WhatsApp and you're gaining primary data, phone numbers, email addresses, ways of reaching out to people so that you can then build that community. And I really like the last thing you said. I really, really want to underscore that for our listeners. You want to make people advocates of your work, right? Not just like a quick heart on social media or whatever, but you want them to, and not even just buying it, right? You want them to actually be sharing it and excited when you have a new series or when you have an exhibition or you have a booth at an art fair. You want them to be telling their friends about it. How you do that? Communities, right? Like what you're doing, Lawrence, building communities via WhatsApp, via Instagram, and people who actually really support your work. And then we talked a little about targeted ads. And, and can you t- just give us like a very broad overview for our listeners who might not know how to do that? Like, you know, how would you target an ad to an audience to follow your Instagram page or buy your work? I, I mean, I keep it very, very simple. And I've tried. I know you can like get um, uh, advertising agencies that will kind of sell you on this idea that you can get you know, a specific target audience for your work. And that might work if you paint specifically dogs, but, or like flowers or something where you can actually target that niche, people that like flowers or people that like wildlife. But because I target kind of people that like influential people, there is no real niche. And so I found it very difficult to run ads that actually convert because I'm basically appealing to a wide audience. So like I said, what I do instead is just, I will go onto a post once you've posted on Instagram, if you go onto the little uh, boost icon, which is down on the right hand side of the picture, and then you can basically just click through and it will take you, it will just say target lookalike audience. And the more that you run ads, the, the better the platform is able to find people that will like your work. And so, yeah, it's as simple as that. And then I'll just set like a, a kind of spend for the month every 30 days and that will just keep ticking over. And then that alongside kind of posting every day it really helps to kind of, yeah, boost boost your following. The one other thing that I wanted to mention, which you kind of mentioned as well, is that I would say it was absolutely criminal these days to actually not reply to all of the comments that you get, especially most people that are getting started out. They're not getting enough comments to, to not be replying to them all, as in they should have enough time to get back to them all. But often I see that a lot of people kind of neglect the people that do actually care about their work instead of uh, and they're instead trying to find more people to follow their work but whereas if they was to actually care about the people that did follow their work already they would probably exponentially grow i love that guys it, it's it's criminal to not respond to your comments and i and I, you know you'd be maybe you wouldn't be surprised lawrence but i've had a few people on here who like yourself have you know a wide following on instagram and social media and they do personally respond to their comments so honestly guys no matter what your following is. I mean, these are people who care a lot about your work. They care about you. They care about what you do. So take that moment, just like a couple seconds, just to thank them and to say, you know, to engage with them because that's how you're going to grow those advocates for your work. Also love the tips on advertising. And, you know, you kind of talked about it a little bit, but if you have an extremely niche topic, you might have some things you can do to really hit an audience. If you're you know, painting dogs, for example, you can target people who read certain publications or whatnot. But in general, you can find people you know, via that boost feature, at least send them to your page so that then they can engage with you more on there. 
So Lawrence, I want to talk about a fairly new social media platform. You run a room on Clubhouse called ART Art. What are some of the topics that you and your club get into and how can artists use Clubhouse as a motivational tool or to connect with mentors or collectors or anybody else? Uh, I, I couldn't be more bullish at the moment on Clubhouse. I run a room three times a week for three hours at a time, which is a lot of time to be put in into Clubhouse. But effectively, for those people that don't know, Clubhouse is an audio app where you can, basically, it's like a TED Talk, but there's multiple TED Talk going on at one time. And so you can dip in and out of different rooms and different topics are running. But the reason that I run a regular room and have kind of built a platform and a community around that is because I personally, not coming from the kind of art gallery world, didn't really know many people or gallerists or dealers or collectors. And so it's been a real learning curve for me to understand how they think and connect with people that you wouldn't otherwise be able to find. I think, for example, on Facebook or Instagram or even Twitter, it's, it's very difficult to actually find who you're looking for at scale. Whereas on Clubhouse, it basically, if you're into art, you're going to tend to find that artists and, and dealers are going to gravitate towards the art rooms. And so it becomes this kind of huge networking tool and because it's audio, you really get to connect on another level, which you can't otherwise do on platforms that are just outward projecting, like TikTok, like Instagram. You can actually respond and, and get a feel for people. And that helps build them connections and, and great opportunities have come off the back of that. I, I love it. And I, and I love having people on here who are experimenting with some of these new platforms like Clubhouse and TikTok. And because I'm personally like a little behind on them. So I love learning about them through the podcast. And I hope all of you enjoy it as well. And Lawrence, if myself or one of the listeners wants to tune into your Clubhouse room art, um, how would we do that right now? Yes, yeah, so you just need to sign up to the app. And then if you type in art, I've been lucky enough that it's one of the biggest clubs on Clubhouse. So um, if you type in art, it will come up as one of the top clubs on there. And it's just art with a, um, is it a semicolon or a colon? I can't remember. I don't know even which one it is. Okay. But yeah, or if you follow me on the app, then you'll, then you'll soon f- find the, um, the room. So guys, follow Lawrence M. White on Clubhouse or look for art and you should find it there. It's oh, a big old symbol. It's like a bright pink symbol. You can't miss it. Look for a bright pink symbol and then join the room three times a week. I mean, that's awesome. People are putting in their time. and People like Lawrence are putting in their time and energy here to share this community with you. So definitely take advantage of it. So Lawrence, this has been an incredible conversation. We have to wrap up now, but let's bring it home for our listeners out there. What should we all do right now to start revving up our careers in a big way? I think focus on document, documenting what you are doing as an artist. I think that you are a media company first and an artist second. And what I mean by that is getting yourself out there, acting like a business is more important than the actual artwork. Now, I understand that obviously that's a huge part to what you do and what you stand for but at the same time you're not going to be able to sustain your practice if you're not thinking in business terms and then kind of secondly to that because I understand and I take it for granted sometimes that people don't actually feel comfortable necessarily with putting themselves out there or putting their stuff out there but what I would say to maybe anyone listening as such is that people often get trapped by two schools of thought one is kind of caring what people think and two thinking people actually care and so if you can get your head around that you'll realize that actually if you start putting stuff out there a lot more people will like what you're doing as opposed to dislike it so just go for it
Guys, just go for it. Document what you do, what you do, and put it out there. And it's so important to get your marketing hat on, market your work. In some ways, more important than the work itself. We had a great guest on here, Magnus Rush, recently, who said there's no such thing as bad art, just bad marketing. So, just to paraphrase a little bit, but Lawrence, you really hit the nail on the head there. I appreciate it. Yep. Sorry to jump in, but Magnus is in the on Clubhouse. He comes into the rooms that we run, so I don't oh, yeah, I know him. There, there you go. <laughs> What, 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 a, what a perfect second. I, I didn't even know that. So that's amazing. But I loved what he said about it. And I think you're kind of reiterating it here. I mean, your work is important. Obviously, that's what you do. But like how you get it out there to people. So, so, so important. Don't let that little voice in your head tell you people are going to not like it or care. Just keep going and keep putting it out there. Love it. Thank you so much, Lawrence. And to all of you business artists out there, Lawrence has been here with us today sharing his amazing and valuable perspective with you all. You're definitely going to want to go back and take notes on this one. You can listen to this episode and all of our past episodes on our website at www.superfine.world. To connect with Lawrence, you can follow him at Lawrence underscore M underscore white on Instagram and visit lawrencemwhite.com. Again, that'll be in the show notes. If you didn't take it down now, you can find it there. As always, remember, we are Superfine Art Fair on Instagram. We always appreciate a share anytime you're listening to and enjoying the artist business plan. It's awesome to see you on story doing it. We'll always restore it for you as well. And once again, we'd really appreciate it if you take just a moment of your time and write us a review on Apple Podcasts. Those reviews and ratings are so critical and important in helping other artist entrepreneurs, just like yourselves, find us and benefit from our, our audience and our perspective. Um, as always, I want to wrap up the class by sharing a quick quote with you all. And this is actually a quote by Lawrence. And it is, what we fear of doing most is usually what we need to do. Don't let fear decide your future. Again, that's Lawrence M. White. Lawrence, it has been such a pleasure having you with us today. Thank you for sharing your perspective with our listeners. And for that, we're so grateful to you. Um, no, thank you for having me on. And I'm so glad that you shared that last quote because I was going to literally, I was literally just about to say it. So yeah, we read your mind. Thank you for coming up with it. So Everybody else, have an awesome rest of your day. Remember to stay on top of your artist business plan and get out there and make it happen. Thanks for joining us for another episode of The Artist Business Plan, a weekly business podcast for artist entrepreneurs brought to you by Superfine Art Fair. Hosted by Superfine CEO Alex Mito and co-founder slash professional artist James Milley, join us and leaders in the art, marketing, and business arenas each week for tips, tricks, and value bombs designed to help you thrive and sell more art. For more information on applying to Superfine Art Fair, as well as recordings of this in all of our past podcasts, just visit www.superfine.world. We love to hear what you have to say, so just follow us on Instagram at Superfine Art Fair and shoot us a message to let us know you're listening. Looking for a more personal connection or want to exhibit at an upcoming fair? Just shoot us an email at artistsmakingmoney@superfine.world, and we'll get right back to you. That's artistsmakingmoney@superfine.world.